Support for Market Foolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. It's Tuesday, February 21st. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You're a little under the weather. Uh, I am, although I'm I'm more over the weather than I was. Is that a phrase now? Over no, the I think it should be. I'm a little under the weather. If, like if you feel, I, let's start this. You know, if, I'm if, not if, close if, to over. You're I not close weather, to over. But if someone's I'm, feeling great, I'm not but, as far under. But that's uh, I think that's a way to respond. Like, how are you feeling? I am so over the weather. I mean, if you'd had me on last week, it would have been even worse than usual because along with the digressions and nonsense, there would have been coughing fits. Right. Which when you're listening to things, is there will still be a few today. Coughing fits, or yeah, or, Dan, or, or Dan's, non, Dan's non- gonna edit uh, both, but Dan, Dan will edit out the coughing fits and the digressions. I assume doesn't he always? No, those we, don't actually air, do they? We actually leave the tangents in. Really? Yeah, that's one of the ways we're different from you know, like Bloomberg. You don't have the budget to go and improve the show by taking nonsense out. That's also a way that we're different from Bloomberg. <laughs> we, we don't have the money they do. Uh, we're gonna get to earnings because uh, we've got some big retail earnings. We've got some merger news and some not-so-merger news, but let's start in retail. Uh, on last week, one of the episodes last week, we talked about Warren Buffett's latest buying and selling. And one of the things that came out of that is that Berkshire Hathaway has all but given up on Walmart. But someone's buying Walmart this morning, and that's because fourth quarter sales may have been a little light, but same-store sales in the U.S. were up nearly 2%, and their e-commerce in the U.S., up 29%. And I think, I think either one of those is good. I think when you combine those, that's that makes for a pretty strong quarter, particularly in the wake of a lot of the retail news that we've seen in this earnings season, which has just been terrible. Yeah. Wow, really? Well, it's so Walmart has been just kind of for what decade or two? Yes. Something like that. and Which is about how long Berkshire Hathaway has owned it. And then Buffett, said, Buffett and his team said, we're, we're yeah. basically cutting almost our entire We state. can do better. Uh, which uh, I think is that people have done better if they've owned something other than Walmart as a stock over the last decade, uh, 15 years, that sort of uh, range. And uh, okay, so uh, revenues were up 1% for the quarter over last year. That's maybe better than your mall-based retailers. It is. Uh, they have increased their um, online presence, but still, I mean, as a total one percent growth, the rest of the economy has been growing more than that in the last twelve months. Maybe not a whole lot more than that, but more than that. And Walmart's going to continue to face the pressures of Amazon and uh, face that that people are. Buying more online, they're better positioned for that than they have been at some points in the past. But they're not a leader, and they're I don't know, growing at one percent. How how excited could you be? I'm not super excited, but I think that no, you're incredibly excited. You demanded to talk about this, and I said to you, "Does anybody care about Walmart?" And you said, "Yes, every yes, everybody cares about Walmart." And I was like, eh. "Some people care about Walmart." Certainly I'm sure some people do, and it's a it's a relevant company. But as a stock, it is uh, 
pretty boring and continuing to be, I think, pretty boring today and not exciting enough for Warren Buffett. Not that he's in it for the excitement, but it is facing the same sorts of challenges. It's big. It, it'll be around. It'll continue to sell more than anybody else for a while until Amazon eclipse it, but that'll happen. I think this quarter makes Walmart more interesting in this sense that um, let's not, you know, unlike you, I, I don't want to look at Walmart in a vacuum. You're, you're, you seem perfectly content to just say, well, let's just take them and let's ignore everything else that's going on. And I'm saying that when you put this against what we've seen out of retail for the last couple of months, while this isn't blowing anyone's doors off, the fact that they got foot traffic at a time when overall e-commerce is on the rise, and a lot of bricks-and-mortar retailers were putting up negative comps. I'm saying when you grade it on a curve, this is pretty good. Also, I get that their online sales, in terms of a percentage of overall sales, are small. And we've seen this with Target. We've seen this with others, with other companies not named Amazon. And what you hear all the time is like, well, yes, it was up X percent, but that's working off of a small base. And that's true. But the reason I think Walmart becomes slightly more interesting from a stock perspective is that that small base is getting a little bit larger each time. Every time they have another quarter where it's like, oh, and our comps were up 20 percent for e commerce, in this case, 29 percent. I don't know. I think. I think it'll be interesting to see a year from now if we look back and go, oh, Berkshire Hathaway gave up at exactly the wrong time. All right. So, over the last 15 years, the stock, I'm going to talk about the stock for a minute, uh, up 2.5% a year. Uh, so, it's underperformed the market by almost 5% a year for the last 15 years. Uh, over the last uh, 10 years, only trailing the market returns by 1.5%. However, the last five years, it's a nine percent annual beat that the market has has done to Walmart stock stock and sixteen percent over the last year. So the degree by which it is falling behind the market's returns is accelerating as a stock. Now maybe that'll turn around. I don't know, but it is not indicative in the numbers yet at one percent growth that that is going that's going to turn around. And I think that that they have to. Continue to be the size they are, employ the number of people they have, continue to provide uh, very competitive prices against uh, the online uh, alternatives. Good, they may be in trouble if there if any kind of a border tax appears. We talked about that. Uh, that would not be good for Walmart um, or or its customers actually. But uh, I, I think they're facing a lot of competition, and I. Don't see anything really exciting in in what they have done to date. I'm sort of tempted to get into the weeds a little bit on the border tax, but I think we'll just move on. You can go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Probably more interesting than I don't know. Peeps. <laughs> no, no. Peeps are always interesting. We can combine the two. No, we're not going to combine the two. Uh, no, I just in terms of the border tax. I mean, this is. Um, Walmart and the management at Walmart has made it very clear if there is a border tax that is passed and signed into law that they are absolutely going to that's going to affect uh, how much they're paying for goods and they are absolutely going to pass those costs on to the customers and I think that right now if you're at a sports book in Vegas and you're betting on whether or not the border tax actually makes it through I'm betting no 
in which case not only is Walmart not dealing with a border tax, but they are much more likely to be getting a cut in corporate taxes. Uh, they may. They and I. Th- I think you're right that the Republican um, in Republican uh, Senate vote is not going to let the uh, border tax go through, even if the House does want it to to go through. Uh, that seems to be the early indication and consistent with what one would expect. Uh, I. Uh, it's going to come up, but uh, I. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it doesn't pass because. Uh, the ease of just saying, let's just tax everything for, that anybody else makes uh, so that it's more competitive for manufacturing in this country does run into the, well, there's no free lunch on that. That means people are going to have to pay more. Companies are not just going to suck up and, and uh, absorb all that cost and not pass it along to consumers. There's no chance of that. And given the margins that Walmart works on, there's no chance that, that Walmart could do that. And so they will make it clear to those that ultimately vote on this that uh, just what to, what the cost of the free lunch that has been promised by certain politicians is, which is we'll just tax uh, the world's stuff as it comes in, and then uh, then we won't have to buy anything from the rest of the world. Wouldn't that be great? And and the the cost of that is. Uh, not being explicitly provided uh, to voters uh, in all circumstances, and, and it will be by Walmart and Best Buy and others. Speaking of others, uh, Home Depot hitting a new all-time high this morning after a fourth re- uh, fourth quarter report that was about as close to perfect as you could want if you're a shareholder. Uh, profits and revenue came in higher than expected. They're raising their quarterly dividend 29%. They announced a $15 billion share buyback plan. Uh, you know, if Walmart's same store sales uh, weren't impressive, can I interest you in same store sales up nearly 6% at Home Depot? Yes, you can. Uh, that is interesting. That is uh, part of what the story has been here at Home Depot for. Uh, a decade, uh, really much longer than that, of course, uh, but it has been a phenomenal uh, stock and a phenomenal company. And uh, at six percent domestic uh, comps, it, it's uh, the good times are not yet over. And uh, retail in general uh, has been struggling, and uh, Home Depot is is showing that that does not extend to the housing market, um, and and that's not quite the same thing as. You know the the mall-based retail, but uh, they're affected by you know the, some of the things that Amazon does, not as much as as uh, the mall-based stuff is. But uh, they're they're doing a phenomenal job, and at uh, uh, as you say, not just six percent, uh, but the, all the numbers, a twenty-nine percent increase in, in uh, the dividend. They're they're returning about they're upping their targeted uh, payout ratio to about 55%. They're still buying back a lot of shares. They've bought back about half their shares in the last 12, 15 years. Um, it's that combination of things that I like to see where you're opening a few stores, you're buying back shares, and you're paying a dividend. So, you're not locked into any one method of either growth or growth of earnings per share. Uh, or um, return of, of cash to shareholders, but you're doing a little bit of everything. You can adjust based on if the stock price gets a little high, you know, up your dividend, which they're doing right now. 
rather than just uh, pursue you know an all-time high stock price and putting all of your money in, into buying that, uh, they're they're spreading the wealth a little bit. Yeah, it, as you said, it's it's pretty. I don't know how rare it is, but it seems somewhat rare that you would see a dividend increase of that size combined with, in this case, a $15 billion share buyback plan. And going beyond Home Depot, when a company announces, okay, we're going to buy back shares, um, here's the plan, here's the amount of money, let's, you know, in this case, it's $15 billion, who ultimately is making the call on that? Is it the CEO? Is it the CFO? In terms of the timing and the execution of share buybacks, uh, who ultimately makes that call? Well, ultimately, it's the CEO, but the CFO would probably be the one who's more focused on it and and answerable for it. But the CEO is always the ultimately, uh, you know, one who's going to going to have to answer. And just to make one distinction, there there. The authorization is to buy fifteen billion. That doesn't. That's not a commitment. It's not a promise. It's just the board of directors has authorized the company, the CEO, the CFO, the management, to go ahead and buy up to fifteen billion over a certain period of time. And uh, you know they have they have uh, uh, been doing that, and this authorizes them to continue to do that. But if you know the stock price. Doubles from here for some reason that it that it shouldn't. You know, they'll if they have any sense, they'll just sit right. on that money for for a while and not buy back shares. There, there's a price at which it makes sense to buy back shares. Uh, there's a price at which it doesn't. And um, I, I think that today's price, they're they're going to continue to buy back in about the same pace that they have been. All right. Before we get to our next story, I've got to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for their support of this episode of Market Foolery. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and has your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. Nobody likes paperwork. Nobody. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial information to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So, whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So, skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Last week, we talked about Restaurant Brands, which is the parent company of Burger King and Tim Hortons, approaching Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen about a potential acquisition. Initially, that conversation fell apart, or whether they actually made the offer and were rebuffed, I'm not sure at this point, but it doesn't matter, because Restaurant Brands went back they couldn't resist, and who can blame them? Because it's Popeyes, and it's as Chris Rock said, Popeyes is too good. You can't resist it. They love that chicken. They love that chicken so much that they're buying Popeyes Louisiana Kitchen for 1.8 billion dollars, and shares of Popeyes up 19 percent this morning as a result of this. This this makes total sense to me, and I've I've read a bunch of stories this morning where there are analysts waving the caution flag, and I understand that. To some degree, that that might be their job, but 
This seems like a, a smart acquisition by restaurant brands. What caution flag are, are they waving? Uh, the typical caution flag that you see when there are acquisitions uh, of, of this size, which are essentially, well, we're not sure how they're going to be able to integrate this new restaurant concept when they are still integrating Tim Hortons. Um, and I'll just harken back to something Simon Erickson said last week when we were talking about this. This isn't a tech acquisition. This is not tech behemoth buys software company and, and tries to integrate them. And This is a restaurant brand picking up another restaurant. It's pretty straightforward. Like yes, there are logistical challenges, but no more so than than if they just decided, well, we're going to open twice as many new Tim Hortons. Yeah. I, well, there are plenty of uh, restaurant brand uh, conglomerations, and uh, you know, you think of the old Tricon now Yum, uh, and and the availability of of two or three different options in the same location where they've got Taco Bell and KFC. Um, both there available in one spot. I don't know if you'll ever see that with Burger King and um, Popeyes here, or Tim Horton and Popeyes. I, I don't, you know, is the Tim Horton thing really going well? Is, do Americans care about Tim Hortons? Is it one of those things that you just can't really extend as well as you you thought? I don't know. I mean, it's coffee and donuts. It's not like it's something exotic that that needs to be explained to Americans. But Americans have got their coffee and donuts options kind of and and habits already locked in, perhaps. No, that's true. But again, it's it's not. Well, I don't know how big the market for this cuisine is, as as we've heard. You know that question raised about you know other other types of food. The the market for coffee is is uh, pretty big. Yeah, you eat at, at Popeyes often? Uh, not often, no. Because uh, the Old Town one is that still open? I don't think it is. No. Yeah, that was a little sketchy. That one, as as were many Popeyes, I would say, and I love Popeyes. Um, and they they actually the uh, ambiance and the cleanliness of Popeyes have improved dramatically. Yeah, uh, as uh, across the board, I think not not every single one of them, mind you, but uh, the ones there that are newer now are, are a lot more um, appetizing. Yeah, well, I bet uh, the people at Popeyes would say um, we haven't had any outbreak of norovirus anytime lately. So, <laughs> so, so that that's their answer to your your questioning. Oh, the I, th- I think there were some Popeyes issues that. I I I don't know if they want to open that that one. I can remember. A well, few there you go. Back that that should that should give um, that should hearten any Chipotle shareholder <laughs> that that uh, is wondering there's whether an or not, act two, that, yeah, that there's <laughs> that there's a way to bounce back from health issues. No, I mean I think I think this is a, a smart acquisition. I don't really understand the the one thing I can't wrap my head around, and maybe it's because I just haven't read enough stories about this, but I have read a few things this morning. Is I I I want to read, and maybe this story is coming in a couple of weeks. But it's based. I I want to read a TikTok of of the past seven days of the initial offer that restaurant brands made, how that was received, how that decision went down. Because last week we saw Popeye's stock spike fourteen percent just in one afternoon, and then came back to earth the next morning when the deal wasn't going to go through. So, um, but this you know you look at chicken making up about ten percent. Of of quick serve food uh, in the U.S. and well done. 
Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of room for Popeye still to expand, uh, despite uh, the number of restaurants that it has. It and it's a good um, uh, mix with Burger King in that they're both highly franchised operations, uh, around ninety-eight uh, percent or so, um, and so that's. Uh, a, a model that uh, investors prefer, um, the heavily franchised uh, models, uh, often over the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, company-operated ones. And so, there will be additional money now to expand uh, Popeyes, although uh, um, you know, Restaurant Brands is taking on quite a bit of debt to do this. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of debt available out there. There is, and I think that's part of why we're seeing shares of restaurant brands on the rise this morning. You know, they're they're writing this big check to take on Popeyes, but because debt is cheap, and because there is, at least uh, on Wall Street, an agreed upon expansion opportunity for Popeyes, I think that's why you're seeing the optimism. Yeah, and unlike retail, uh, restaurants, quick serve, um, and fast casual are. Uh, you know things that are that are surviving a lot better. Uh, while there are some pressures, uh, you know the the number of uh, you know employees out there, uh, dual income families, the, the necessity uh, of many to um, eat out more, take out, uh, continues to be a, a long term trend in the favor of of all these uh, companies that are in the restaurant brands portfolio. So there were two deals last week that we talked about. Uh, that did not go through, uh, at least last week. This is one of them. The other one is the Kraft Heinz Unilever deal, uh, which at the end of last week was, uh, well, if you missed the news, Kraft Heinz went to Unilever and said, we'd like to buy you, to the tune of $143 billion. And Unilever said, no, thank you. And Kraft Heinz, at least on Friday, Kraft Heinz Took the attitude of okay, well, we look forward to working with Unilever management uh, about making this deal work. And based on the news reports today, that's not going to happen. So that 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 deal appears to be dead, which is why shares of Kraft Heinz and Unilever are falling. And yet, Kraft Heinz' desire, stated desire to buy themselves some growth, is probably the main reason why shares of Mondelez are up more than four percent this morning. Because Mondelez is, you know, available at the right price, and uh, I have an idea, a suggestion I'd like to make to the good people at Kraft Heinz. If in fact they decide they're going to go after Mondelez and make that acquisition, Mondelez is the parent company of, among other brands, Nabisco and Oreos, and uh, I, I see some cost savings to be had at Oreos because. Just in time for Easter, Oreos has come out with Peeps Oreos, which just looks so terrible. I'm not a Peeps fan to begin with. I'm very much an Oreos fan because, frankly, who isn't? It's the number. I'm, I'm with you on both of those. I, I, it's the number one selling cookie in the world, and I think that when when I look at Mondelez, that's that's my comment to them. I don't know exactly how many people you have working on new Oreos, sort of the limited edition ones, and I'm not sure exactly what the economics are. And maybe the economics are amazing, but from where I sit, it's an utter waste of time. You've got Oreos, you've got double stuff, and you've got those new thin Oreos, which are also really good. And so, stop. Just stop with the Peeps Oreos. Stop with the Swedish Fish Oreos, the root beer float. 
Oreos, for the love of God, what are you doing? It's like you just, you know, went to a bunch of stoner college kids and just said, you know, give us, give us any idea you have. Any idea. We'll go with it. All right. I'm, I'm actually, I, I know you brought this up. Cotton candy before, Oreos? But uh, just stop it. I had actually been picturing the Peeps Oreos as more Peeps than Oreos. Like, sort of Oreo-flavored Peeps. But yeah. that's not what's going on. No, it's it's the, they're peep stuffing inside the Oreo. Right. Yeah, that's not. No one needs that. Yeah. Do you, um, do you know the comedian Brian Regan? What would you can uh, combine Oreos with to to you know? Nothing. The, nothing. Nothing. I would if I'm Kraft Heinz and we buy Mondelez, the first thing I'm doing is I'm saying, great, show me the P and L on the Oreo division, and if if I'm right. Then I'm going to the people at Oreos and saying, you know what? Um, uh, here's here's how we're gonna, you know, you hear all the time in acquisitions. Well, well how are we, we gonna make money on this deal? Well, synergies, which is code for well, we're gonna let some people go. And again, that's my first order of business. If I buy Mondelez, show me the P and L on Oreos, and if I'm right, then a lot of people at Oreos are gonna be losing their jobs. Anyone who's involved in the the creation of the production of and the marketing of these limited edition, awful nonsense flavors. Thank you for your service. Pack your knives and go. <laughs> it's just it's time to go. Um, are you familiar with the comedian Brian Regan? No. Um, a phenomenal stand-up comedian, and um, he had a he had a bit um, about, that he did about Cirque du Soleil and. Having, I think he had like gone to a Cirque du Soleil show and just thought, my gosh, they'll they'll do anything at this show. It's amazing what they can do. But he had this bit about the creative director at Cirque du Soleil, which he imagined to be a guy who accepted any idea that was thrown at him. Like, okay, we're putting together our new show. What? Uh, give me your ideas. I'm not going to say no to anything. Like, oh, elephants with fireworks attached to them. Yes. Ball bearing conf- ball bearing confetti falling from the sky. Yes. All of this. Monkeys with drones attached to them? Yes, absolutely. That's how I feel about Oreos. Like, what, what flavor do you have in mind? We'll green light it. It's like they just hand it over to their summer interns and they're just like, well, I mean, you're in college. Uh, give us an idea. We'll, we'll do it. Peeps? Sure. It's true. I am at their page and uh, it's actually three pages long of, of various Oreos that you can get, 59 different products. Yeah, that's you only you really you only need the three. <laughs> I mean, maybe a couple more. You can talk me into like six, but as long as you've got Oreos, double stuff, and the the thins, I mean, what? Again, you're just you're just spending you're mint, money. Mint? You, you gonna go with that? Sure, you can you can you can talk me into mint. You can talk me into the chocolate one. What about the uh, the vanilla um, cookie? Nah, no, no, that's another cookie. <laughs> give, give that to another brand. I don't know what they're doing at Bloomberg today, but they're not spending six minutes talking about Mondelez. <laughs> not, not regarding this. No, not. Re- but again, I'm coming at it from a business angle. That's the first order the business bill. angle. Is your you believe that these other 56 products are wastes of, of time and that they're losing money on them? I'm saying if whoever buys Mondelez, that's the first order of business. Just uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they're making. Money hand over fist on the Swedish I'm, fish Oreos. I'm guessing. I'm guessing they are. Look, they've got you giving a six minute um, advertisement to them today. 
You think what I've been saying is an advertisement for these people terrible are thinking, cookies? Now people are they're listening like, ooh, Oreos. You know, I wouldn't mind getting some Oreos today. And, and maybe they're just getting Oreos classic, but it's, it's all this talk. There's no such thing as bad publicity, I'm saying. You are giving them more Oreos are being sold because you are putting the idea of Oreos into dozens of, of listeners' <laughs> minds. That could be three or four packs of Oreos right there out of out of two dozen. If that's true, that then someone at Mondelez needs to send me some cookies as a little thank You'll you. You'll advertise for Oreos. Uh, what, would, what would that ad sound like? Uh, Today, uh, brought to you by Oreos, no, but no. only the good ones. <laughs> only You could designate like which ones you're willing to speak out for. So, I mean, just to peel the curtain back a little bit, I mean, when it, you know, because I have gotten this question, like, how do you how do you get the advertisers? And it's like, well, we work with a firm, and they'll come to us. Dan's legitimately worried about where we're going at this point. <laughs> he, he might be. Um, no, do you want to weigh in here, Dan? No, Dan's shaking his head now. Um, you know, we work with an advertising firm. And they'll say, "Hey, such and such a company is interested in advertising. How do you feel about that?" And if it's you know, if it's a a product or a service that we're like, well, no, we we we, we can't we can't abide by that. Um, then that's that. And believe me, if if Mondelez comes and says, "Listen, we we love what you guys do at Market Foolery. We'd love for Oreos to be the presenting sponsor. That's great. That's great. Just don't expect me to say anything nice about Peeps Oreos because that's not well, happening. Well, you've cashed in your credibility now. Yeah. Yeah. If you tried. Yeah. There you go. You want to read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues at Motley Fool Funds? It's easy. You just go to foolfunds.com, foolfunds.com, and you sign up for declarations. It's the free monthly newsletter from Bill Barker, Brian Hinman, Tony Arsenault, many more, Charlie, Charlie Travers, Travers, Nate Weiser, Matt Trogdon, Matt Trogdon, the whole team, some great stuff. The whole team. Go to foolfunds.com and sign up for declarations. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.